Amen. So we, if we could turn our uh, attention to First um, Corinthians, the ninth chapter. I'll make our way back to our seats if we can. Amen. First Corinthians nine twenty four. Know ye not that they that which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. That's meaning he's talking about the athletes, that they, they're disciplined. These athletes are disciplined, and we need to be disciplined. If they do that, we should do that. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we, an incorruptible. How much more should we be disciplined than these athletes? Amen. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That means he, he, he gets his flesh under subjection because it's your flesh that wars against your spirit. And so he makes sure that he's going to crucify his will, crucify his flesh, his desires, so that he can continue on in the race that God has set for him. And so I want to preach for you from this title, So Run. So run. How many are going to run with me today? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we're seated today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Every four years, the best athletes from around the globe converge on a designated place to compete to be called the world's greatest in what we call and is called the Olympics. Every time this happens, world records are established and then they are broken by a better athlete. But in, in the summer of the Olympics of 2008, an athlete bolted out from the others and took the world by storm and smashed world records in the 100-meter dash and became the fastest man on earth. And his name is Usain Bolt, and he's from Jamaica. He not only won the gold in the 100-meter, but also in the 200-meter. And not only was he untouchable in 2008, but he also won gold in 2012. And also in 2016, he won gold in 100 and 200 meters. No man could beat Usain Bolt in the last three Olympics. But 2020 still remains to be seen because COVID got the gold. So I think they've rescheduled that. So we'll see. But Usain Bolt did not run the race by himself. He didn't get the gold by running against the wind. In order to win a race, you have to be running against somebody. That's what makes it a race. you got to be running against somebody. There has to be someone else in the lane next to you. Running for the same prize that you are, and it doesn't matter who is in the lane next to you. They could be your best friend from childhood. They could be your sibling, they could be your favorite cousin, or they could be your least favorite cousin. 
on the racetrack, it doesn't matter who they are. All that matters is that those relationships go away because once that bell rings or the gunshot goes off, that your friend in the lane next to you just became your competition. It just became your adversary, if you will, because only one person can cross that finish line and get gold. Only one. And it's either you or it's the person next to you. And as Paul said, uh, know ye not that they that which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. There are many running the race, but there can only be one winner. And what does Paul say about it? He says, so go ahead and run. You might as well run the race. Run with everything you've got. Run with all your strength. Run with all your might. Because only one can receive that prize. It's either you or the adversary next to you. So run. You know why Paul is writing this to the Corinthians? The ancient Olympic Games were held in Greece every four years, but the year before the Olympics and the year after the Olympics, there was something similar called the Ishmian Games, where athletes around the world would come together and compete. It was similar to the world championships that we have today. They happened the year before and the year after the Olympics, just like the Ishmian Games. And do you know where the Ishmian Games were held? They were held in Corinth. And so Corinth knew very well what it meant, meant to compete in athletic games as the Olympics. They, they understood competition. They understood running in a race and that there could only be one that attained the prize. And so Paul equates the athletes running for a prize to Christians running in a race for a prize. Whether you realize it or not, folks, we are in a race. We are in a race for our lives, a race for our very soul. We are in a race for where we are going to spend eternity, whether in heaven or in hell. That's the race we're in. Philippians, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We have to run our own race. We have to work out our own salvation. I can't run the race for you. I can't run in your place. Your mother can't run for you. Your spouse can't run for you while you sit on the couch. No, you have to run the race of your life. You have to line up. You have to run. You have to beat the one that's in the lane next to you because only one can receive the prize and only one can get the gold. So run. Run. Because you decide if you're going to win or not. That's what it comes down to. So run. Now I want you to win the gold. Jesus wants you to win the gold. But you have to want to win the gold. And you have to run the race to attain it. You're the one that has to sprint down the line and, and cross that finish line. Because I have my own race to run. And so what do we do? We run. We run when we don't feel like it. We run to beat the one next to us. We wake up and feel tired. But hey, I'm in a race and I got to keep on going. I got to beat the one in the lane next to me. 
And let me clear it up right now that the one that you are running against is not anybody in this room. We're not running against each other. We are not running against one another. We're not competing against one another. Sure, we may all be running the same race, but we're not trying to beat each other to the finish line. We got to do it by ourselves uh, because Paul says, 2 Corinthians, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And so Paul says, if you are thinking about that we are competing with each other, you're not wise. Because that's not what we're doing. We're not racing against each other. If you're comparing yourself to somebody else, Paul says you're not wise. Why? Because we are all on the same team and we are all running the same race. And we each can get gold. We each can cross that finish line because we are all running our own race on our own field. And we are to be encouraging one another to run. Keep on running, brother. Keep on running, sister. You can make it. You're almost there. Go around the corner just a little bit longer. Encourage each other not to give up. We're cheering everybody on because we're all on the same team, but we're all running our own race. He tells the Romans 12, 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. That's, that's teamwork right there. That means you have some teammates in this. Even though I can't run your race for you, I'll be there in the stands cheering you on. I'll be there rooting for you and cheering you and praying for you and encouraging you to run and keep on running. Hebrews chapter 11 List all the champions of the faith. Champions of faith have finished their race. They have attained their gold. And if you think your race is hard, go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 11 this week. Turns out you got a piece of cake. Read the races that they had to run. And, 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 and the writer does after listing all the gold medal winners of the faith. What does the writer of Hebrews say to us? Those that are reading it, he says, Hebrews 12:1, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all those that have gone before us and gotten the gold, they're all in the stands and they're cheering you on. Even though it may seem like you're alone, there's a cloud of witnesses around you cheering for you to make it, for you to make it and across the finish line. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Why? When you're running, you, don't, you need to lose all the weight you can, all the extra weight. Not talking about body weight per se. But uh, moving on. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The race that we are running in is not something to take lightly or casually. That's the danger a lot of people do. They just, ah, it's, a, it's not too bad. 
He says, let us lay aside every weight and every sin and just run. Just keep on running. This race is life and death. This race is for the eternity. It's for our soul. And so we are to run. Run for your life. Run with all you've got. Run with all your strength. And when you're tired, you keep on running. And when you're weak and weary, you just keep on running. And when you feel like you can't go on, you just take another step of faith. Because we are in a race and we are running to the finish line. And there can only be one that attains the prize. And guess who is there waiting for us at the finish line, cheering us on to come across. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Problems come to your mind when you take your eyes off the finish line. When you take your eyes off the goal, that's when things start going astray. Off the finish line and you're no longer looking at Jesus because he's the author and finisher and he's waiting for you. You take your eyes off Jesus and start looking at the world around you. Guess what? You're going to get discouraged real quick. Anxiety and worry and stress and depression and hopelessness. That's all this world has. So why are we going to pay attention to what's going on in the world? we got to be looking unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. And so if we're looking at this world, the only thing they can give you is hopelessness. To give you the hope and encouragement to run the race, you got to look ahead. That is why... In this race, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Otherwise, the race can become a lot harder than it should be. And the only one that is hoping for that to happen is the person that's in the lane next to you. They don't care how your day's been. They want you to have a bad day so that they can get ahead of you. Doesn't matter if it's your friend, they're in the lane next to you. And only one can attain the prize. And so uh, if we are not and if we are not running against each other, who then are we in a race with? Who is our competition? Well, in the race of our life, the race for our soul, we are running against Satan. We are running against Satan. He is our adversary. And as we read a few months ago, weeks ago, there's at least 12 others that are running in the race with us. There's at least 12 of them, and there's a whole lot more that are in the race, and and we are on running our own race. And so even though Satan and his minions have no chance, zero chance of winning the gold, he decides to enter your race, and he says, I'm going to run right next to him. Even though I know I can't win, I'll enter the race and I'll do all my all that I can to make sure Phil doesn't win. Because if I can't win, misery loves company. And so Satan has no chance of winning the gold. But it doesn't mean he won't enter your race. And so with the sole purpose of keeping you from crossing the finish line by any means necessary... Even though he can't ever win, and he is still in the same race, and both of you are pursuing the same prize, and that is the destiny of your soul. That's what he's after, and that's what you're after. 
the destiny of your soul. And so in the end, it will be either you or Satan who has the say of where your soul is going. Even though you and I were entered into the race without really having a choice, we are just told to run. We came of age and we realized, hey, how did I get here? There's nothing you can do about it. We just got to run. And so this race has been going on for some time, and we are actually able to see when this race began. Genesis 3, 14, and then the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Basically, God is saying, okay, Satan, there is coming a runner that's going to bruise your head, and you are going to bruise his heel. Now, Satan is not going to just get a bump on the head. That's not what that means, bruising his head. We've all bruised our head, but it's not this type of bruising. This is a, basically a mortal wound. This is a wound that he will not be able to recover from. This runner will be the end of Satan and his kingdom. That's what bruising the head means. And ever since God proclaimed this promise, the race has been on. And whether man has realized it or not, whether man has paid any attention at all, Satan started pursuing the promise. Satan started running, he started hunting, he started chasing after the seed of the woman that God said was going to bruise his head. Think about it. If you were told that a righteous human being would be born and he was going to destroy you, you'd probably start looking for him, wouldn't you? Obviously God told Satan that and whatever God says is going to happen. And so Satan knows that and so he knows this is, gonna, this is true. And so... Uh, you'd be on the lookout, you'd be doing everything you could to make sure that seed, uh, that righteous birth would not happen because uh, if you shoot first, you ask questions later, and so that's Satan's philosophy. I'm just going to start uh, messing up the whole world. If there's a coming a righteous seed, I'll mess the whole world up to try to prevent that from happening. And so it's not too long after the race began where we find ourselves in Genesis 6 where Satan corrupted all of mankind. All of mankind to where every thought was only evil continually. But God had one man in the race, one righteous man in all the world, and his name was Noah. And what was Noah to do? He was to run. Just run the race, Noah. It doesn't matter if you're all by yourself. If you're only the righteous, the only righteous soul on the earth, just keep on running, Noah. I'll be there with you. I'll lead you, Noah. I'll guide you through all of this. Don't worry about what everyone around you is doing. Just follow after righteousness, Noah. When the whole world mocks you, Noah, keep running. When they laugh at you, Noah, just keep on running. They've already quit. They've already made their choice. But they're going to try to come after you, Noah, and discourage you and oppress you so that they can come and get in your lane and try to keep you from getting gold. So run, Noah. Keep on running. And with only one man and his family, God beat all of Satan's plans. 
in Genesis chapter 6. He stamped uh, his plan to stamp out the seed of the woman failed because uh, God had one man. That's all he needed. If Noah can do it, if Noah can run the race and finish strong, so can you. If he can do it, he made it across the finish line. He didn't have a church family to come and gather together a few days a week. He had nobody praying for him. He had no baptism of the Holy Ghost. If Noah can do it with all by himself, surely we can. So we can run, we can fight, and we can endure. We got to make up our mind if we're going to run in this race or not. That we're going to make it no matter what. That I'm going to cross the finish line no matter how hard it gets because only one receives the prize and it ain't going to be Satan, it's going to be me. That's what I've determined in my life. I'm going to be the one finish, crossing that finish line. I'm going to be the one reaching the gold, getting that crown. I'm not going to let Satan trip me up and take me out of the race. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Satan is not a quitter. Satan is not a quitter. The guy hasn't won a race, and he's still running. He'll, but he'll be running after the prize with his dying breath. But will you run until your dying breath? We know Satan's going to do it. The question is, are you going to run? Are you going to run? And so that is the real race. That is who we are facing off against, and that is who is in the lane next to you is Satan and all the kingdom of darkness. And so after the flood, Satan was back at it again. It wasn't too long until uh, he gathered all the world together and agreed to build a tower and defiance to God in Genesis 11. But in Genesis 12, God found a man that would run. He found a man that says, hey, I'll go out by myself. If I have to run alone, I'll go do it. I'll trust in you. And let me tell you, that's all that God needs is for one person to say, okay, Lord, I'll follow after you. That's all God needs is one person to make up their mind and is willing to stand for truth. That's all God needs to beat the enemy is one person. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you've done. If you will run for righteousness, God will put you on his team, and that is the winning team. And that, you don't got to worry about anything else. Just seek God, put his kingdom first, and God will take care of the rest. Isn't that what he says? And so God called Abram out and promised that he would birth a nation. And who would come from that nation? The seed of the woman. That what bruised Satan's head was coming from the nation of Israel. And so what does Satan do? Satan tries to destroy the seed with doubt and unbelief. And so Abram has a child with his bondservant Hagar. That's Satan's attempt to spoil the seed and, and to, to, to do things his own way. But God told Abram, just keep on running, buddy. Don't worry about your mistakes. Keep on going. Don't listen to the one that's in the lane next to you. You keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Keep your mind focused on God. They're, the people next to you are going to be saying things, trying to discourage you, trying to get in your lane. You just keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Keep moving forward. And so run. Run with all that you got to the finish line. And so with one man, God thwarted Satan's plans again. Because he finally, Abram had the child of promise. Some years later, this special nation is held 
captive by another nation. And what are the chances? What are the chances the same time that Moses was born, all of a sudden Pharaoh makes a decree, hey, we need to kill all the male child, children. What are the chances? I wonder where that idea came from. How did Satan know that this was the time to start killing all the boys uh, the same time that Moses was born? Well, didn't God tell Abraham that his seed would be slaves for about 400 years? And so who's over there in the shadows taking notes? Satan. And he can count. He knows it's about 400 years are coming up, and so uh, that seed of the woman's going to be born anytime soon, so I'm going to make a move on, on Pharaoh just to wipe out all the boys, and that'll put an end to it, won't it? And so uh, Satan is a lot smarter than we think. When God speaks, Satan takes notes. Do we take notes? Are we even listening to what God says? I'll tell you who is listening. Satan's listening. He's the one taking notes. And so we had better because the guy in the lane next to us hasn't quit yet. He hasn't won a race, but he's still in the race. He gets beat every single time. And so Satan gets beat every single time. And yet he's still in the race. We stub our toe and we're ready to quit. Satan's been losing races for 6,000 years and he's still running right next to me. Things don't seem to be going our way and ah, forget it. I'm done. Can't do it anymore. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Well, Satan has 0% chance of getting the gold. 0% chance. You have a 100% chance of getting gold. And if you're not sure you're going to make it, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and his word, and he'll make sure that you make it to the finish line. So don't listen to what the enemy's saying. Don't listen to what they're telling you, the people in the lane next to you. God, if you are with God, you are going to make it. So run. The only one that will benefit from thinking like that is the one in the lane next to you. And we know who that is. And so we are to run. Take another step and to keep on running because only one is going to receive the prize. And all God needs, all God needs is one man or one woman. And he can do he can do a miracle. He can do a work. That's all that's all God. He would love a hundred million people, but God can do a th- anything with one person that is willing. Say, and so if you want to do see something, uh, God do something in your life, you just say, God, I'll be that person. God, I'll stand in the gap. God, I'll get up and pray for that person. God, I'll intercede from somebody. That's all God is looking for is somebody to say, Okay, Lord, I'll run. If you help me out, I'll run. Satan was there as a new runner entered the race. Young shepherd boy by the name of David was anointed king by Samuel. Satan was there and he saw it happen. And so what it do, what happened is Satan had Saul chase him all over the countryside. Trying to kill him. Trying to kill this runner. Trying to kill the next king of Israel and get him out of the race. But God told David, just keep running, David. Just keep holding on. Just keep on believing and you're going to make it. And God made a promise to David that because you've remained faithful, the throne will always be in your lineage because you didn't give up. 
that they actually the seed of the woman is going to come from the throne of David and will rule on the throne of David. And so Satan is there taking notes, strategizing, combing through scriptures, running after that promised seed. And lo and behold, Jesus is born. And then all of a sudden, again, all of a sudden, King Herod makes a decree, all male children, two and under, are to be killed. Where did that idea come from? Same time that Jesus happened to be born, now all of a sudden all male children have to be killed. And so we still see Satan in pursuit. Satan still running after that promised seed, and he loses again because Jesus is not killed. But 30 years later, Jesus is led in the wilderness by the Spirit, and lo and behold, guess who shows up? 30 years later, Satan. Don't you get it, Satan? Haven't you learned yet you've been losing for 4,000 years and you're still in the race trying to run? You're still showing up for the next race? Again and again he keeps showing up in the race as he loses another time, another attempt to take out the seed. And hopefully maybe that's the last time we'll see Satan. Maybe he'll get it through his thick skull. He hasn't proven himself to win. Loses every time. Musicians, if you would come. Not many days hence do we find the disciples and Jesus in a boat. Jesus is asleep in the boat. And all of a sudden a storm appears out of nowhere. Disciples are in fear of their lives. Now remember, most of these men, they were born in a fishing boat. That was their, that was their birth room, was a fishing boat. Their baby blanket was a fishing net. These guys were, were fishermen. This was not their first time at sea. was not their first time that a storm came in. Uh, so why are they so afraid now? Maybe because somebody was trying to take out the seat of the woman that was asleep in the boat. And all of a sudden this storm like none other shows up. And these, these experienced fishermen are scared to death of their lives. I wonder, I wonder why that storm showed up while Jesus was out in the middle of the ocean. I wonder if Satan said, oh, now's my chance. I'll just take them all out. I'll take them all out. But what happens, Jesus stands up and he rebukes the winds and the seas. Satan, nice try again, but you lose again. You're not going to defeat me this time. And so Satan starts running next to the disciples. And as Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Satan's going to come at you, Peter, and he's going to take you out at the knees. He's going to chop you down. He's going to injure you. He's going to do what he can to get you out of the race. Why? Because Satan's paying attention. I'm sure he heard that Jesus gave Peter the keys of the kingdom. Satan's over there taking notes. I know who to go after now. This guy's got the keys. And so uh, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, and he's going to try to do everything he can to keep you running, Peter. But what does Jesus say? Does he say, I told Satan no. I told Satan to stay away from you. I told Satan to stay in his lane because it's illegal to cross lanes when you're running. Satan, stay in your lane. You can't come after Peter. No, that's not what Jesus said. 
In fact, he says in Luke 2, 22, 32, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. What does Jesus say? Keep on running, Peter. Don't stop running, Peter. Keep on going. Don't let failure and discouragement take you out of the race. So run, Peter. Keep on running. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. When you get up off the pavement, when you spit the asphalt out of your mouth and bandage up your wounds, you regain your strength and you get up and you keep on running, Peter. Keep on going. Strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Encourage them. You can make it. You can keep on on going as long as you are running, keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So what do we do? We run. We keep on running. You stand with me today. As long as you get up and keep on running, Satan will lose. As long as you get back up and keep on running, Satan is going to lose. Micah 7.8 says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I'm not staying down. I'm not giving up. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. You may be laughing at me, devil. You may have tried to trip me up, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on running. I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to get in the race again devil tries to discourage you, take over your mind and tell you you're not worth it, that God doesn't love you, that God is abandoning you, that you're all alone. Well, I'm here to tell you those are the lies from the pits of hell. You need to rebuke those lies, rebuke those spirits, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And we need to keep our sound mind fixed on Jesus Christ because he's at the finish line cheering us on, waiting for us to get there. But we got to keep our eyes focused on him. 2017, as I wrap up, Usain Bolt showed up to the world championship with all his gold medals. He had crossed the finish line first for the past decade. But this race, he didn't. This race, he didn't. This race, he got beat. In the last race of Usain Bolt's career, he lost. He ended up pulling a hamstring, and he fell down to the track. And as the runners in the lane went next to him and flew by there, there he was laying down on the track. And, and even though, but he did cross. He did eventually cross the finish line because Usain Bolt's not a quitter. Even though he, fall, he fell down, he's going to get back up. And uh, he needed some help, though. But what happened was his teammates came out and helped him carry him across the finish line even though he was down and injured he did not give up he did not quit and that, that is what we are here for to help each other run this race and finish their race God wants you to finish the race we all need to finish the race together we're not in competition together we're on the same team and we are competing against the enemy and as Peter says I therefore so run 
not as uncertainly, so fight I. And so what are we supposed to do in this time? What are we supposed to do in this day and age? We are to run. Just keep on running. Keep running forward. And God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Who's gonna, who will stand and say, I'm going to run? God, if you give me the strength, I'm going to run. If you help me, I'm going to run. If you run with me, I'm going to run. Come on, Satan has always lost. Don't let him beat you. Rebuke him. Get them out of your lane. He can't be in your lane. Rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Come on, we are victorious as we sing today. Come on, let's keep on running. Your let's run in faith. Let's keep on believing. Through the night. Come on, let's worship and the Lord. I am running to We're not your going name. back. We're going it's forward in Jesus' name. I can hide. Not gonna and I will up. rest in you. Your grace oh, so is so forceful, and I'm standing on oh, Your grace is giving all authority. For you have made me strong. We say, Oh.
with a voice of triumph. We have the victory. So run. Keep on running. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so what's going to happen is now that the rules of the race have been told to us, Satan doesn't follow any rules. He doesn't care. The rules of the race are every man stays in his lane. You got to stay in your lane. So what Satan does, he, he gets out of his lane and he gets on you. It's already hard enough running the race, but when somebody jumps on your back, it gets a lot harder. Starts oppressing you and starts doing all these things and, and, and discouraging you in your mind. And, and so what you ought to do is you got to remind him of the rules. Because God has given you the power to rebuke and to bind. And he says, devil, get out of my lane in the name of Jesus Christ. Stop letting them get in your lane. Stop letting those spirits get in your mind and your heart. You say, in the name of Jesus, get back out of my lane. I'm going to be free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God has given you the power to run in your lane by yourself. So you got to watch. The devil's going to try to get in your lane this week. And if you let him run with you, he'll be in your lane. If you let him discourage you and oppress you, he'll stay there as long as he can. But you have the power to rebuke them and to bind them and say, get out of my lane. Get out of my life in the name of Jesus Christ. And we keep on running. And what do we do when we don't know what to do? Run. Just keep on running to Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're going to win the gold. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Thank you for your offering and your giving. Have a great week. Amen. Keep the devils out of your lane.